What's up guys? It is Stephanie here with a little pre-episode note. Um, I honestly feel like crying right now because, you know, we record this like two-hour Astral World episode and turns out my computer decided to record it on my crappy laptop microphone instead of my more expensive actual microphone. So just giving you a heads up that I know the audio on this one isn't the greatest, but it'll just be this one episode. So I'm sorry. I'm going to try to edit it and make it as good as it can be. It's really not terrible. I'm kind of like overselling how bad it is. So then when you listen to it, you're like, eh, it's fine. But that's the situation. So, you know, I'll never forget to check that input again because I just cannot seem to make my life easier with this one. Um, so that's that. Here, here goes the episode. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the True Crime Society podcast with Stephanie and Olivia. Today, we are going to be talking about World. Ever heard of it? I'm just kidding. Of course you have, because it's been <laughs> all over the news. So we figured might as well strike while it's hot and, and let you guys know everything that's going on with it, because so much is going on that it can be a little hard to keep up with everything, but we've got you covered. We're going to go through it. At, we're probably going to do this a little similar to the Cleo episode, which I'm assuming you've already listened to. Mm-hmm. Really great. Um, <laughs> we won't go over really any updates at the end. There hasn't really been anything overly exciting anyways, but we'll, we did, again, ask some questions. Ask you guys what your thoughts were on Instagram, so we'll go through some of those. But this is probably going to be another long one, so buckle your seatbelts because we're doing it. He could stop a show for his shoe, but he can't stop a show for people. It was it was upsetting. It was sad. I was seeing people get thrown left and right, stop girls, guys, everybody, little kids. And people ended up falling up, falling on top of us. And you're just like suffocating. You're like counting your last breath. I went to a state where I accepted that I was gonna die. I don't believe in God very much, but I was praying to God that I made this out alive and that me and my best friend made it out alive. We all want you guys to pray for the people that lost their kids, 10-year-old kids, 16, 23. I don't know the names, but we're we're really, really hurt. We're grieving with you guys and we just want you to know we're here. We're going to stay here, and we're going to get justice for them. What is Astroworld? It is an annual music festival that is run by Jacques Berman Webster II. That's Travis Scott. Travis Scott is his stage name. So Travis, if you don't know him, he is actually a very well-known rapper. And he's been dating Kylie Jenner on and off since 2017. And they have a daughter together named Stormy. And Kylie is currently pregnant with their second child who is on the way. Um, Some of Travis's more mainstream songs that if you don't really know who he is that you might have heard of are um, Sicko Mode, which features Drake. Highest in the Room and Goosebumps is pretty popular. 
if you don't really know him, he's kind of one of those people where if you heard a song, you'd be like, oh, yeah, I know that song. Yeah, like his songs, are, I think most people would know those three songs at least anyway. I would have heard them. Um, a little bit about his music career. In September 2020, he became the first artist on the Hot 100 to have three songs debut at number one in less than a year. And he's been nominated for eight Grammy Awards and won a Billboard Music Award and won a Latin Grammy Award. So he's very popular. World, the festival, is named after his 2018 album, and it's held yearly in Houston, Texas at the NRG Park. It was held in 2018 and 2019, but it was canceled in 2020 due to COVID. Then it was put back on this year. The 2021 event was scheduled for November 5th and 6th, so it happened. Yeah, not even a week ago. Yeah. Travis said Astroworld had been a concept that he'd been working on since he was six years old. He said he wanted to bring back the beloved spirit and nostalgia of Astroworld, making a childhood dream of his come true. So I guess he just kind of always had this idea of having this big type of concert all about him. (laughs) A concert dedicated to himself. (laughs) (laughs) We don't want to spend too much time talking about just him, just because there's so much to go through. But if you do want to learn more about him... There is a Netflix documentary called Look, Mom, I Can Fly. I just watched it today. It is a good documentary. Um, it's kind of about his rise to fame. Uh, it's about the debut of his Astral World album, which starts the Astral World Festival. So if you want to learn more about that, you can check that out. The documentary also gives you a good idea of how passionate, I guess you could say, his fans are. They're very dedicated. It's a lot of maybe like high school age younger 20s kids mostly that are seem to be really in it or that are in the documentary anyways and you also see a lot of clips of him encouraging them to cause chaos there's lots of clips of fans rushing the stage rushing the barricades crowd surfing moshing literally jumping off balconies and travis is all for it telling them to do it so you see a lot of that in the documentary whereas i hadn't really followed much about travis beforehand but, but watching this i was like Really, this Astroworld catastrophe should come as no shock because this all kind of seems like it was leading up to it. Yeah, there's a pattern. Definitely a pattern. Yeah. This is a clip from the beginning of the documentary. It shows his fans kind of talking about their experience at the concert, but it just kind of shows you how crazy the environment is. They said we was going too crazy, so we had to Why go So the first Astro World lineup featured Post Malone, love him, and Young Thug. We haven't really been able to figure out how many people were in attendance at the first Astro World, but we know that it grew for the second one in 2019 to 50,000 attendees. In 2019, the festival expanded to include a different genre of music, which included Marilyn Manson. 
So during the 2019 festival, there was an incident when the crowd surged and breached the barricades, and it led to more than 100 security personnel being employed for this, the 2021 concert. When we were posting about Astroworld, we asked if, you know, anyone was there, what were your experiences, and one of our followers, Chelsea, reached out to us and said she was actually at the 2019 show, and she sent us a video of how chaotic it was, and she said, this was two years ago, just waiting in line to get in. That's why I didn't go this year. My boyfriend and I remember how bad it was even two years ago. During the show, we were at the very back and there were tiny girls crying and gasping trying to leave the crowd. My boyfriend is 6'1 and 220 pounds and he was even saying he had no control. He was being pushed and swayed by the crowd too. This was in 2019. So the hype, the following, the anticipation has only grown since 2019. That's why we chose not to go this year. So clearly, like I said, it's been an ongoing thing. Yeah. So the 2021 event was always going to be big, but especially with the 2020 concert being canceled because of COVID, there was a lot more anticipation for the show. It was highly anticipated, I guess you could say. The festival was extended to be a two-day show now, scheduled for the 5th and 6th of November. 100,000 tickets went on sale on May 5th, doubling the amount of tickets that went on sale previous years. Not sure... Because they still say that there's 50,000 people when the chaos happened. So maybe it was 100,000 tickets for 50,000 people over the two days. We're not really sure. There's kind of a discrepancy there, but that's my guess. I think that makes sense. It must be 50,000 per day times two. Yeah. That's my guess. Yeah, and yeah. most festivals, I think you, if it's many days, you have to buy a ticket for each day. Or you could buy like a like when we go over the day prices. Ticket. Yeah, like the $700. Yeah. Compared to previous years, the ticket prices had also gone up a lot. Usually with festivals, if you go for multiple days, you could buy like a package that's very expensive, which is why I never go to them. Also, because I hate crowds. Mm -hmm. This year, the price jumped to $300 plus an additional 65 in fees. And then there was the stargazing VIP treatment, which was $725 plus $69 fee. And those who want to splurge a little bit more on the no bystander VIP treatment paid $1,000 plus a $78 fee. So the event... Sold out in 30 minutes, so it's pretty fast. On Instagram, Travis made a post, and it's the picture says, you know, Astral World sold out. And the caption says, ah, a bunch of letters. Fuck craziness. But fuck that. I'm putting a plan together now to get some more of the wild ones in, even if I got to sneak them in on me. Seeing some people who want to make it but having a hard time or might not have the means. Don't worry, I'm on it. Seems like he calls these fans the wild ones all the time. Like, I've seen that in a few different posts that he's made. So yeah, if you hear it referred to as that, I think that's when he's just referring to his fans. So the Instagram post wasn't the first time he tried to rile his fans up. In 2015, Travis pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor charge of reckless conduct after his fans jumped a security barricade at the Lollapalooza Festival in Chicago. The Office of Emergency Management said at the time... The performer played one song and then began telling fans to come over the barricades. Due to the security's quick response, the situation was remedied immediately and no fans were injured. You can hear him saying, all my real ragers jump the barricade right now. Let's go. Come over. I want chaos. He says ragers a lot, too. That's the other one. Ragers and wild ones. Yeah. In 2017, a man named Kyle Green was injured after he was allegedly pushed from a balcony during a super crowded concert of Travis's at Terminal 5 in Manhattan. 
Kyle broke several bones, including a vertebrae in the accident, and was removed from the floor by show staff without a cervical collar, backboard, and other safety precautions. Kyle claimed that Travis made matters worse by ordering the security guards to drag his injured body to the stage so the rapper could try to give him a ring as a consolation prize. At the 2017 show, Travis had encouraged another fan to jump off the balcony. He said, I see you, but are you going to do it? They're going to catch you. Don't be scared. Don't be scared. I noticed while I was watching the documentary, it seems like he's that's something he does a lot, which kind of encourages this behavior of giving the fans who are like the hardest ragers something. Like I saw him give his shoes to someone and he wanted to give this guy's ring. So if you are the hardest rager, maybe you'll get pulled up on stage. Um, even in the documentary, there's someone who got kicked out by security for being too rowdy and Travis brought them back in and brought them on stage and like rapped with them for a minute. And it was like, no Travis Scott fans getting kicked out. So you might not be doing that anymore. Yeah. Ugh. So May 2017, he was accused of inciting a riot during a show at the Walmart Arkansas Music Pavilion, where several people, including a security guard, were injured. Travis was charged with inciting a riot, disorderly conduct, and endangering the welfare of a minor. He was booked into the Benton County Jail, but was released 12 minutes after being booked. He pled guilty in February 2018 to the misdemeanor disorderly conduct charge and paid a $7,000 fine. He took the plea deal to avoid going to court. And five days before the plea deal, Kylie gave birth to their daughters. He was playing a show in Arkansas. Uh, and this is just to give you a little idea of what the show is like, what a Travis Scott show is like. Check this out. Yeah, it's, um, it's very loud. It is mass hysteria, and, and I mean mass, like on mass. Everyone is on the same exact whatever it is. Uh, um, they're all smushed in there like sardines, I can tell you that. And that's the problem, because they weren't, all those people weren't up there at the beginning of the show. Um, Travis, during the show, police say that he kept encouraging people to come down from their seats and pack in there. Uh, so as soon as the show was over, he was arrested for inciting a riot uh, endangering the welfare of a minor and disorderly conduct. Um, and this, they, you know, they said there was a security guard who got crushed because of the crowd. But this is the kind of thing we've been seeing from Travis Scott lately. Some reports also say that Travis paid $6,825 to two of the people who were injured. Kind of seems like raging and causing chaos has become his brand. And he's spoken about that to the media. He said... I always want to make it feel like it's the WWF or some shit. You know, raging and having fun and expressing good feelings is something I plan on doing and spreading across the globe, he told GQ. Did not age well. No, didn't. The editor-in-chief of Hip Hop DX, Trent Clark, told the AP, he said, 
Travis Scott's whole aesthetic is about rebellion, which is pretty on point. He also said, it's not uncommon to see a lot of crowding and raging or complete wild behavior at a Travis Scott show. And not that I've been to one, but after watching the documentary, I have to agree. I would I would never want to go to one because it looks so scary to me. Crowds are like my biggest fear. Like I've been to so many concerts and festivals everywhere. Like I've, we even went to some four-day one in Belgium once before we had kids. And, you know, I've been in, in um, like circumstances where there is a crowd crush, but he's our next level, it seems. Yeah, no, because he just like encourages it. Yeah. It just seems a lot like drowning to me, which yeah, I have a big fear of open water. And I feel like a crowd of that size is basically the same as open water. <laughs> like you can't get out. <laughs> if you look back on his Instagram back in like 2015, especially, it seemed to be something he did a lot. He would post pictures of his bloodied, beat up fans, like one fan's eye is cut and they're like bleeding from the eye. And Travis posted it and the caption says, I love you. Um, another kid is like laying on the floor, looks like he's probably knocked out. And Travis posted the picture and said, to the kid that didn't survive the rodeo, you're a hero in my book. I'm assuming he didn't actually die, hopefully. Yeah, well, I haven't heard of anyone else passing away before this incident. So I don't, I think he may have just been hurt or something like that. Yeah. There's footage online of Travis stopping a show in 2015 again seems seems to be a rough year not as bad as 2021 though um because someone tried to steal his shoe when he was crowd surfing so a lot of times in his concert travis just like jumps into the crowd you know i guess like people do and i don't know how celebrities are brave enough to do that because that also seems scary but anyways some like teen tried to like took his shoe off and stole it i guess and then from then travis told the rest of the crowd to to fuck up that fan in quotes fuck up to fuck up the fan who tried to steal the shoe so here's a clip of that get that mother get him you tried to take my shoe you want to be a thief come up come up come up Get him out of here. Get him out of here. So it just shows kind of more of the lawless chaos that goes on at his shows, I guess. Yeah, does what he wants. Yeah. So anyways, back to this year, Astroworld 2021. The website for the event is still up and it contains this info about the medical and security personnel. The it's like a free like a questions type page that's so like, will there be medical personnel on site? And it says, we will have medical staff on site for the entire duration of the Astral World Festival. Upon arrival, please take note of the location of our clearly marked medical tents should you need to stop by throughout the day. If you need medical assistance, contact the nearest security official, staff member, ambassador, or medical staff, or go to one of the on-site medical tents. If you're not sure whether it's an emergency or not, assume it is and get help immediately. All of our safety and medical staff are here to help you enjoy the festival and make it home safely. No judgments. What about security? Your health, safety, and security are always our top priority. Astral World Festival's public safety team will continue to work closely with 
NRG Park, as well as our local, regional, and federal law enforcement and public safety agency partners to raise our preparedness and ensure a safe, secure, and positive environment is provided for all attendees, artists, and staff. Should you need any assistance during your time with us, please proceed to the nearest medical tent or seek nearby uniformed event staff. All of our safety and medical staff are here to help you enjoy the festival. Um, well, that's just a repeat of the first part. Yeah, it seems like they're very um, happy pasting to reiterate. Make, make it home safely, which also didn't age well with whatever happened. So according to the same website, the gates for the event opened on November 5th at 1 p.m. It was kind of an all-day festival. There's other artists playing. It's not just him. He's kind of closes the show. So things went wrong pretty quickly after the start of the show. Around 2 p.m., there is footage of hundreds of people stampeding through barricades at the VIP checkpoint. We have a clip of that. I don't know if the audio audio will be worth putting yeah, in. It's, but it's just, You probably hear people kind of yelling and screaming, but basically they're all kind of behind this thing and then one person pushes it over and then they all just start running and getting through. So it gives you an idea that there was you know, at least hundreds of people that probably, I don't know if they were either not meant to be at the concert and they somehow got in or if they were, I don't know what, what the actual kind of section in and areas were like, but yeah. they basically broke through security barricades no matter what. Or if they like weren't meant to be in VIP or something. Yeah. I don't know. I, yeah, I don't know. I haven't actually seen clarification of where they broke through, but yeah, it was either from the street or they went into a different section where they weren't, weren't meant to be. Yeah. But like we've said, in clips of other shows and in the documentary, there's literally clips of Travis yelling to his fans to, like, rush the barricades, jump the barricades. If you're a true fan, you'll jump the barricade. So he kind of just incites that behavior. Based on his past behavior, I just can't believe that nothing, like, you know, like this has happened at any of his shows before. I guess this was just a perfect storm of circumstances, maybe. Yeah, it's uh, it just makes it more crazy that they weren't better prepared for it considering that there's even a clip in the documentary of them at the very beginning i'll see if i could like get it where they're talking and they're talking about how the crowd has high energy and people like to rush to the front and there's metal barricades and they literally talk about crowd surge and how to like break it up and that people might not be able to breathe and to keep an eye out for it. They push up against the front and spread all the way across that and fill in the whole front floor. So the pressure becomes very great up against the barricade. You will see a lot of crowd surfers in general, but also you see a lot of kids that are just trying to get out and get to safety because they can't breathe because it's so compact. You won't know how bad it could be with their crowd until we turn. So that didn't age well either. Yeah, they were aware of it, obviously. It's like right in the start of the documentary too. So the rest of the event during the day seemed to carry on okay because it doesn't seem like anything else went wrong until around 9 p.m. that night. The Houston police chief said that he met with Travis briefly during the night before his set. He said, I met with Travis Scott and his head of security for a few moments last Friday prior to the main event. I expressed my concerns regarding public safety and that in my 31 years of law enforcement experience, I have never seen a time with more challenges facing citizens, including a pandemic and nationwide social tension, Chief Finner said. He also said, I asked Travis Scott and his team to work with HPD for all events over the weekend and to be mindful of his team's social media messaging on any unscheduled events. Like I would assume, you know, maybe like I, I think he said this after the event. So I'm assuming maybe he meant, you know, encouraging people to take part when they 
weren't meant to or to gather in areas that they weren't uh, meant to, like things like do that. Do things you're possibly. not supposed to. Yeah, like not, you know, not official things. Yeah, makes sense. That's my guess. I, 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 you know, I don't know, but that's what how I read it anyway. Yeah, it's like weird wording. Yeah. So the set for Travis's main event was called Utopia Mountain, and it cost around $5 million and took three entire days to construct. There's lots of photos online. I'm sure you've probably seen it already, but it looks like a big mountain with a tunnel like structure through it. It's complete with pyro, lasers, and risers. That's a pretty cool looking stage, honestly. Maybe a little satanic. Yeah. Just kidding. <laughs> There's lots of fire. Like it's very elaborate. Yeah. Um, so Travis was due to come on around 8:45 p.m. But by then some of his diehard fans had been waiting at the stage for over eight hours. There are metal barriers at the front, and the surge likely began around 8 p.m. following the SZA set. So there's a great article by Variety that outlines a bunch of the mistakes made by the event organizers. It's called How Travis Scott's 5 Million Solo Stage Set Time May Have Contributed to Astral World Festival's Deaths. It says, There was also a huge countdown clock counting down the minutes until Travis performed. You have a big open space in these metal barriers that when people run, you can't climb over them. This was a young crowd, high fandom, and a lot of intensity. Beginning at around 8.30 p.m. and counting down to 9 p.m., the clock hype caused much of that running. The crux of the problem likely happened as the clock got close to zero. Now people are going to be asking, who knew what was going on? Were they aware that there was an ambulance call on the floor and why didn't they stop the set? One other part of that article that's quite interesting is I read about the set time. So like a lot of the festivals and concerts I've been to, if there's a main act, the kind of support act before on another stage doesn't finish until partway through the main act. And that's kind of to disperse the crowd evenly. Like, whereas at this, at Travis's, you know, gig, Scissor finished at eight and then Travis didn't come on until 8.45. So that gave people kind of 45 minutes to gather and get excited you know, like pushing. yeah yeah so there was no opportunity for the crowd to kind of come in bits and pieces they were all there they were all waiting for the main main event which you know which I never really considered that when you think about set times for festivals but that makes sense as to why they usually have a crossover and they didn't in this case yeah and also it's true about it seems kind of dumb but it's true just having a big countdown in your face kind of makes you more excited or anxious or rowdy like oh my god there's only this much time left and yeah quick run run get in there now and you know yeah yeah. things like that so So it seems like it just was the atmosphere almost yeah and it seems like it was the atmosphere that he wanted to kind of foster he wanted people to be hyped up and which has worked for him in the past it just didn't work this time yeah so travis took to stage around 9 p.m and started performing he also brought drake out to perform with them they have a few songs together and at around 9.30, the real crowd surge started. The crowd began to compress towards the front of the stage, Houston Fire Chief Sam Pena told reporters. And this info comes from ABC News. San Antonio resident Fatima Munoz, 21, described a domino effect that took place. She said, I would fell right on the floor, and that's when everybody started tumbling down. And I tried so hard to get up. There's just too much people, like, on me. Like, those legit dogpile on me. I was on the floor. Nobody helped. I was screaming for my life. I tried screaming for help. So, I mean, it makes sense if you're in a crowd that's packed that tightly and one person falls and you fall onto another person. 
and that person falls or then people just like trip over you and fall into other people's. It's easy to see how when there's so many people packed closely together, how this could happen. Like once you fall, it's game over basically. Yeah. So it's kind of like a big point here that Apple Music was streaming the event. That'll come into play later because some people suspect that since they were being paid probably a lot of money to stream the event, that is a reason why they might not have stopped the concert. But anyways, so on the Apple Music live stream, it showed that Travis noticed someone had passed out around halfway through the set and he stood there and told the crowd, somebody passed out right there. I don't know what became of that. Just if they did anything. Well, it didn't seem like they did anything because he pretty much kept going. So yeah, I don't know. I, gu- I guess that's like maybe a point that he tried to get them help. Like someone's passed out here as in, you know, someone come and help them. But essentially he didn't, he kept going after that. So yeah. I saw that in one concert, I don't know which one it was, but there was people who, there's people who passed out at a different show of his and he had like the, like he directed the crowd and had them crowd surf the people to the front to get help. So it's like he has stopped performing to get people help in the past. So there's tons of videos online and viral social media posts from people who were at the event. They all detail the hysteria and horror experienced by those in the thick of the crowd. One of the most viral ones, was from someone there. It's kind of long, but I'll read it because it gives you a good picture of it. The post said, I just left Astroworld Festival, and let me say this, as someone who has been to every Astrofest there's been, this it was completely different. It was awful. I passed out because people were pushing up against me so much that I couldn't breathe. Sam got people to apparently crowd surf my unconscious body to the security guard, and I got carried to a little section behind general admission and put down on a stool thing. When I woke up, I had a water bottle in my lap and had no clue what had happened. When I stood up, I looked around and people were getting carried out with their eyes rolled back into their heads by security, bleeding from their mouth and nose. I yelled, has anybody checked a pulse? The security guard, frantic, asked me to help him. I checked two people and one did not have a pulse. I told them I was an ICU nurse and then another security guard hearing that said, please come help us. He takes me to the part of the crowd behind general admission where I see three bodies sprawled out and people who I assume were medics, medical staff, doing CPR. I immediately see that there is not enough medics for this, so I relieve one medic of CPR. I ask where the ambu bag is, where's the AED, where the stretcher and ambulance is, where the fuck any shit is, and they said essentially there is none. There's one ambu bag, one stretcher, and one AED for three, now four people who are pulseless and blue. People from the crowd are trying to help. Teenagers are doing CPR, trying to help, but they're doing it incorrectly. Then I see there's other people doing CPR on people who still have a pulse because nobody's done a pulse check. It was an absolute shit show. I lost Sam for I don't even know how long, but for the remainder of the concert, I was doing compressions, bagging, and helping people move and helping move people to stretchers and checking pulses on new bodies as they got crowd surfed to where we were. People were trampled and crushed. There was no cell service to call for more help. People were begging the crew, operating the stage lights and stuff around us to stop the concert, and they wouldn't. I'm so disappointed and sad. Finally, cops showed up with more stretchers and started getting people out, but I know at least two individuals had been pulseless for 15 minutes minimum before they got on a stretcher. So, sounds like a disaster in every sense of the word, really. It seems like none of the security and medical staff was actually trained how to handle any of this which we'll get into there's also a video of travis standing on some type of platform while security guards 
pull an overdosing man from the crowd and Narcan him, Travis appears to look at the commotion, but then keeps performing anyways. The video of that's quite creepy. It's almost like he's... Is he doing like a robot or something too? Yeah. (laughs) I don't know. The whole thing's just creepy. Like he looks and then he like, it's just a weird video. It's also like, I'm sure he's used to seeing that at his shows with the kind of atmosphere he creates. So, I mean, it's fair to say he might not have known how bad it was, but still it's like, like what, what do you expect? Around 9.30, officials first got the reports of people falling injured in the crowd. According to Houston Fire Chief Sam Pena, and said they requested additional resources to the scene. Police Chief Troy Finner said at a press conference after the event, our people stepped up and immediately went to the producers and told them, hey, people are going down. At 9.38, a mass casualty event was declared. Sam Pena, the fire chief, he said, from the time that the mass casualty incident was declared to the first unit on scene was two minutes when we began to make patient contact. Witnesses described calling out for help, but being unable to be heard over the music. Someone said, this was not a concert. This was a fight for survival. One of the attendees named TK Telez said, Travis Scott would have a short time in between songs and we would scream our vocal cords out so someone could hear us, but nobody did. This year's festival will be stuck with me forever. I've never seen someone die in front of my eyes. It was horrific. And there was also, um, I'm sure a lot of people have seen a video that went around of a, a girl who managed to get out of the crowd and she climbed up a ladder to try to get one of the cameramen or like lighting men's attention and she's you could see her on camera being like people are dying people are dying and the guy kind of just brushes her off so then she tries to get his attention i don't know if she like pushes him or something and she's still yelling like people are dying and then a security guard or someone came and they threatened to push her off if she didn't get down so not really a great look. I saw that he hit the security guard or cameraman or whatever he was. His wife or partner's been writing and saying they've been getting death threats and things like that as well now. So there's this big reverberation of... Yeah. So the girl had to post different. and say that it wasn't the cameraman who told her that she, he was going to push her off because the wife wrote to the girl saying they're getting death threats. And it just seems like a big mess. I mean, obviously, yeah. it's not the cameraman guy's fault, really, but... No, they're just all doing their job. They don't have the power to stop the show. And even, like, you know, I know we spoke earlier quickly about why didn't they turn the lights off. Imagine if they did that. Imagine the stampede and the panic. That would have, like, would have even been worse, really, I think. So, you know, there's a protocol that has to be followed and no one followed any protocol during this, I don't think. Yeah, it's kind of just, like, especially in that moment of being the cameraman, like, you don't know how bad it is down there. You're just trying to do yeah. your job. So despite the mass casualties event being declared, the show continued. Travis continued performing like nothing bad was happening. Some concert goers say he stopped performing at least three times to try to figure out what was going on, but the show still went on anyways. And like I mentioned before, a lot of people, like one of the main kind of theories about it was because it was being, the event was being streamed and that's why they didn't want to stop it because I don't know if it would be if Apple was streaming the event, Apple would probably be paying them, right? Yeah, I would think so. Or yeah, Apple would have paid them to host the rights to stream it, I would assume. Yeah, I was listening to another podcast where they talked about this briefly and they were saying how they were curious to see how much money they made from Apple streaming it because it might have been a lot of money and it might have been the contract that like they couldn't stop it or something. I don't know, yeah. but that's one theory as to why because there has been clips of Travis stopping the show to help people in the past, but that's one idea. 
But before we get into that, a quick word from our sponsor, Elfster. It sounds crazy, but Christmas is sneaking up on us already, and it's time to start holiday shopping. But don't worry, we're here to tell you about Elfster, which will make your life much easier. Elfster's the number one Secret Santa app in the world. It's totally free and makes gift giving so much easier. All you need to do is enter a date and your budget, and Elfster will take care of everything else. They even draw the names for you. It's a really good idea. We've even used this app before to do virtual gift exchanges with our internet friends that live all over the country. It's a huge time saver. It doesn't matter where your friends or family are, Elfster brings everything together for you. You can also use Elfster to make wish lists, almost like personal Christmas gift registries. You can add gifts directly from your favorite brands, including Amazon, Etsy, Fanatics, Nordstrom, Sephora, and Zappos. You could share the wish list among your family and friends, and everyone will get the gift they really want this year. More than 17 million people trust Elfster. It's the easiest way to shop from curated gift guides this Christmas. Download the Elfster app today or go to elfster.com to participate. Happy holidays! All right, so on the actual lineup, the show had been kind of scheduled to finish at around 10.30 p.m., but it did end up finishing a little bit early, around 10.10. One concert goer told CNN's Rosa Flores that he looked at his watch when the concert ended and said it was around 10.13 or 10.14, so, you know, wrapped up a little bit earlier. There was loads of confusion and panic and not much that was really confirmed online. It actually seemed to take a little while to come out online. I guess that maybe might be due to the lack of cell service that we spoke about earlier. But when it did, we saw photos of ambulances screaming away and there was so many videos of people, you know, like there's people lying down getting CPR in the middle of this crowd. Like there was some really, really graphic videos and there's one that we'll talk about a bit later too where a woman was kind of being evacuated by security guards and was dropped on her head. So terrible, terrible videos. As we kind of then go into Saturday, everyone remained silent. There was nothing from Drake, Travis Scott, or even from Astro World. Um, you know, no no statements. It took ages for them anyone to say anything. The people who I guess had been scheduled to work on the Saturday though did get a text at around 1:15 a.m. It said Team CSC. Sorry for the late text. Astro World Day Two has been cancelled. There will be very limited posts available. Please do not arrive to NRG. Your shift has been cancelled. Thank you for all your hard work and efforts today. So pretty quickly we learned that day two wasn't going to go ahead. Um, And there were also some crazy online rumors going around that there were kids in the crowd who had passed away. And that there was also a crazy rumor about someone running around injecting people with drugs. And that's there was like a mass overdose situation. But at the time, none of this was confirmed. We were just kind of wondering what was going on. Later in the afternoon on Saturday, November 6, police finally held a press conference. So this is, you know nearly, not 24 hours, but probably 20 hours or 18 hours after the event. And we finally learned some confirmed details that at least eight people had been killed during the night before. 25 people were taken to hospital, 11 were in cardiac arrest, and 13 of them were still in hospital, while more than 300 people were treated at a field hospital at the festival. Two of the dead were confirmed to be teenagers and five were in their 20s. The police did say there were around 50,000 people in attendance, which makes me, you know, think that what we said earlier about them being 50,000 attendees per day was probably right. And they also said that they had 528 police officers and 755 private security personnel there. A security guard, they also said in this press conference that a security staff member felt a prick in his neck and that when medical staff said it resembled a prick that someone would get when someone's trying to inject you and went unconscious. Then he was given Narcan and he was revived. So that was kind of maybe we thought where the rumours about the injecting and overdoses had come in. And that was a bit of a validation of that at this point. Mm-hmm. 
The media asked questions about what actually went wrong. Lena Hidalgo, who's a Harris County judge, said that the city and the county had worked with Live Nation, who was the promoter, on a site and security plan prior to the event. And she said, so perhaps the plans were inadequate. Perhaps the plans were good, but they weren't followed. Or perhaps it was something else entirely. And the Houston City Police Chief, Trey Finner, also spoke at the press conference. He said that his department had opened a criminal investigation by homicide and narcotics detectives. So that was Saturday afternoon. Later on Saturday, Travis also released a video statement, and we've got a clip of that here. I just want to send out prayers to the to the ones that was lost last night. We're actually working right now to identify the families so we can help assist them through this tough time. You know, my fans, my fans, like, my fans really mean the world to me, and I always just really want to leave them with a positive experience. And any time I can make out, you know, anything that's going on, you know, I, you know, I just stop the show and, you know, help them get the help they need, you know? Um, I could just never imagine the severity of the situation. Uh, we've been working closely, uh, we've been working closely with everyone to just try to get to the bottom of this, the city of Houston, HPD, fire department, you know, everyone, uh, you know, help us, help us figure this out. So if you, if you have any information, um, you know, please just contact your local authorities. Um, everybody continue to just keep your prayers. I mean, I'm, I'm honestly just devastated. and I could never imagine anything like this just happening. And I'm going to do everything I can to keep you guys updated and, just keep you guys informed on what's going on. Um, love you all. And then basically he says during the clip that he wasn't aware of the severity of the situation. He says, anytime I know, you know, what's going on, I stop the show and get them the help they need. Um, and he kind of finished it by saying, I'm honestly just devastated. I could never imagine anything like this happening. He also made a tweet that day and he wrote, I'm absolutely devastated by what took place last night. My prayers go out to the families and all those impacted by what happened at Astro World Festival. Houston PD has my total support as they continue to look into the tragic loss of life. I'm committed to working together with the Houston community to heal and support the families in need. Thank you to Houston PD, Fire Department and NRG Park for their immediate response and support. So Kylie's statement was, Travis and I are broken and devastated. My thoughts and prayers are with all who lost their lives, were injured or affected in any way by yesterday's events. And also for Travis, who I know cares deeply for his fans and the Houston community. I want to make it clear we weren't aware of any fatalities until the news came out after the show and in no world would have continued filming or performing. I am sending my deepest condolences to all the families during this difficult time. Um, So she, you know... And they said that she'll be praying for the healing of everyone who's been impacted. So I don't know why she put Travis in that statement. This isn't about, well, it shouldn't have been about Travis, but yeah, seems to be continuing with all their statements. Mm-hmm. Um, and just we'll go into some other statements with people kind of related to it in a minute. But just, just today, Travis has also issued a new statement, or his team have. It says, over the last week, Travis Scott and his team have been actively exploring routes of connection with each and every family affected by the tragedy through the appropriate liaisons. He is distraught by the situation and desperately wishes to share his condolences and provide aid to them as soon as possible, but wants to remain respectful of each family's wishes on how they'd like to be connected. 
To those families who would like to reach out directly to his team, please send an email to the below address where we would have a team on hand to assist. So SZA, who is an R&B singer who performed just before Travis got on the stage, wrote on Twitter, speechless about last night. I'm actually in shock and don't even know what to say. Just praying for everyone in Houston, especially the families of those that lost their lives. So then it took a few days, but the rest of the Kardashians, for some reason, felt the need to kind of butt in. I know Kendall Jenner was said to have been at Astro World as well. Her posts from the event, I think, have been deleted. Yeah. But she were. made a post. Yeah. That said, I'm still at a loss for words over the news from Astro World. I'm truly broken for the families that have lost loved ones, and my prayers go out to everyone involved. Sending everyone who has been affected all my love and wishing them strength during this incredibly devastating and sensitive time. And then Kim wrote, Absolutely heartbroken for the lives who were lost and anyone who was hurt at Astro World. Just like all of you, our family is in shock by the tragedy. We are keeping all of the victims, families, and loved ones impacted in our prayers for healing, as well as Travis, who we know cares so much about his fans and he's truly devastated. And then Chris decided not to make a post, or you know, not to make her own post. She just reposted Kim's post. Chloe also just reposted Kim's post, but they shared it to their stories. Like it's just what I'm saying is more proof that this is just obviously all a strategic PR plan, of course, because for Chris or Chloe to share Kim's story, she would have had to soft tag them in it to be for them to be able to reshare it. So that means Kim knowingly had to tag whoever in it, which would enable them to share it. I think the the lazy reshare of Kim's statement is like a worse look than just not saying anything, honestly. Yeah. And the thing is, you know, I know that their, their their family is a brand, but Kim wasn't there, Chris wasn't there, you know, the, and I just feel like it was so tone deaf even for them to include Travis in the statement because, you know, it's and I know it's a shitty time for him, I have no doubt about that, but it's much shittier for everyone else who was, you know, yeah. one of these grieving families. So it was just so tone deaf, which is not a surprise. We spoke about that earlier in the week too, just it was not... <laughs> surprising that this is what they came out with yeah i think kind of even just the whole thing of travis not really realizing what was happening and just all kind of goes to that bubble that celebrities live in where they're so kind of used to everyone else making sure everything's working okay and someone else who's taking care of all the small little details that when stuff like this happens they don't really know how to handle it because they just live in this bubble where everyone kind of does everything for them. And I guess they just think that it's always, you know, whatever they do is going to be acceptable because essentially it is. Like, no one, nothing has come, you know, will come of this for the majority of the Kardashians anyway. So it's just a weird. I think Travis can get cancelled, but I don't think the Kardashians will, or or the Jenners, all of them, will ever, could ever really be cancelled. No, yeah. Um, Drake had been on the stage also with uh, Travis Scott at the time that this kind of happened. He was silent for a long time and there was a lot of questions about why he didn't make a statement. We we had sent some messages that him and Travis Scott were having shots at, I think it was Dave and Buster's in Houston after the event. So yeah, really were classy. Up, they look really devastated. You know, again, we don't know what extent, you know, to what extent they knew about things by then. I'm sure that it was eventually started coming out. But I have to say, I feel like Drake's, statement or you know whoever wrote his statement for him is probably seems like the most genuine out of the lot he wrote i've spent the past few days trying to wrap my mind around this devastating tragedy i hate resorting to this platform to express an emotion as delicate as grief but this is where i find myself my heart is broken for the families and friends of those who lost their lives and for anyone who is suffering 
I will continue to pray for them and will be of service in any way I can. May God be with you all. So I never thought I'd see the day where I would, you know, feel a little bit for Drake, but I feel that was the most genuine statement out of all of them to me. Yeah, especially since, like, Drake's not the one where at his concerts he's causing all this, like, chaos and stuff like that. And he was only out for, how I don't know how many songs, but he wasn't out there the whole yeah, time. It was kind of just like, like going to someone's walking into yeah, a bad someone's situation. Party. Yeah. He, yeah, exactly. Like, I, you know, I really feel he probably maybe should have made a statement sooner, but essentially none of this is really his fault. I, you know, I don't, I haven't looked so much into Drake's background, but I'm pretty sure he doesn't incite the, you know, craziness as much as Travis usually does. No, I think most people don't, but mm. I also just like, thinking about this it's so dumb that like this is the situation that you have to make statements on instagram like kind of what he said it just seems so stupid like up oh, something happened we gotta make a statement on instagram i know anyway it's just it is a crazy world this social media world like and that's what even people were saying about the photos like there was photos of the ambulance trying to get through the crowd and basically all the crowd are just on their mobile phones filming it, and they're like what kind of world do we live in where this is what happens where people are more obsessed with putting it up on social media than actually helping other people yeah but i think the i agree with that but like the devil's advocate to kind of this whole thing is like it's probably normal ish to see ambulances at festivals like this and you don't Obviously, if you were right there where it was happening, it seems like you know what was going on because people were just f- dropping like flies. Everyone was screaming. But people were like mad at Kylie because she filmed the ambulance trying to get through the crowd and she didn't stop the show. Like she's out in the crowd too, technically. She's, they were like in a little VIP tent area. Like Kylie doesn't, in my opinion, Kylie doesn't have any power to stop the show. She could maybe try to contact yeah, someone. Stop, stop. Yeah. yeah. But. If you just see an ambulance in the crowd from far away, I don't think your immediate thought would be, oh my gosh, mass casualties. Yeah. It's like, like you would think maybe, I know, like I'm sure multiple overdoses happen at these shows all the time. And, you know, yeah, I agree. I agree. One ambulance to me doesn't, isn't a showstopper generally. Yeah. I always like to try to kind of see the good in people and assume that no one would willingly just ignore all these people getting hurt and dying but i get that there was definitely people there who dropped the ball and that the show should have been stopped there was there was so many like police officers there and official people that one of them should have been able to and may have gotten word to the producers or whoever runs the show that needs to be stopped and those people could have said no that things were going wrong yeah so um, at the time, kind of in the, in the days following the event, we knew that there were eight people confirmed to be dead. This was kind of despite witness reports that there were hundreds of bodies and, you know, at least dozens of people were dead, but eight was the official death, death toll to start with. We're going to go through some of the victims now just to kind of give them a voice. One, the first victim that we know of was John Hilgert. He was a freshman at Memorial High School in Houston. And the school made a statement that said, our hearts go out to the student's family and to his friends and our staff. This is a terrible loss and the entire MHS family is grieving. So he seems to have been one of the younger ones. There was also Franco Patino, who was 21, and he was a University of Dayton student. He was originally from Naperville, Illinois, and was a mechanical engineering technology major with a minor in human movement biomechanics. 
His family released a statement and said, Franco was a beloved friend, cousin, nephew, brother, and son. He will be loved by so many because of the loyal, loving, selfless, protective, funny, and caring person that he was. Even though he was a hardworking individual, he would always try to make time for his family and the people he cared about. We will miss the big heart Franco had and his passion for helping others. We're glad Franco always tried to live life to the fullest and are glad to know he was the type of person that would put himself before others until the very end. So Franco had attended the concert with his friend Jacob Duranek, I think is how you say his last name, and Jacob also passed away. His family released a statement and they said Jake was beloved by his family and his seemingly countless number of friends for his contagious enthusiasm, his boundless energy and his unwavering positive attitude. He was an avid fan of music and artist, a son, a best friend to many and a loving and beloved cousin, nephew and grandson. He was affectionately known as Big Jake by his adoring younger cousins, a name befitting his larger-than-life personality. Another victim was Rudy Pena. His sister Jennifer uh, spoke about her brother's death to the Laredo Morning Times. She said that they just learned after midnight that he'd been taken to the hospital unconscious and they later learned that he he had died. His brother-in-law, Sergio, said that they learned of his death in the worst way. We found out at about 12.30 last night from a friend of Rudy's that he had just that he had just passed out. It wasn't until this afternoon that we found out that he had died. So it's a terrible way to find out that your family member has passed away. So another victim was Mirza Danish Beg, I believe is how you say his name. And his brother posted on social media that he died after he tried to save my sister-in-law from these horrendous acts that were being done to her. My brother was killed in this horrendous event that was managed poorly and supervised by such horrible people. People were trampled, walked on and stomped on. People were hitting, pushing and shoving and did not care for anyone's life. Travis Scott provoked these people and made them do just that and more. He called people to jump, stage jump into the show and did not stop the show. Another victim was Brianna Rodriguez. She was 16. There's, I couldn't find too much about her, but her school's band have tweeted in remembrance and said that she was someone who could always make anyone smile. So at the time, you know, the day after, seven of the eight confirmed dead then had been identified. There was still one man who didn't have a name. The um, Harris County Medical Examiner made, released an article and said that they were looking for more information. They said that he was in his 20s and he was six foot two, heavy set. I think I read he was around 400 or 500 pounds. And he had short black or dark brown wavy hair. He had a slight moustache with a noticeable goatee and that he was wearing size 11 white Nike sneakers. So they released, a, uh, they actually did release a photo of the deceased person. Um, and at the time, Axel, uh, the family of a man called Axel Acosta, were looking for their loved one on social media. They had written a post and it says, I also need help spreading the word. My nephew Axel, who goes by Antonio, is missing. He went to the Travis Scott concert in Texas and we haven't been able to get a hold of him. His phone was found in Lost and Found and he hasn't checked back into his hotel room. So you can tell by the photos that this man and the unidentified deceased person were one and the same. Um, Even in a photo that the family used of Axel, it's him kind of leaning up against a wall and I'm pretty sure he has the white Nikes on that he had on at the concert, which is very, very sad. That has to be the worst way to find out your family member or loved one passed away yeah on facebook yeah i did read some comments that because i think axel was from another state that he had um traveled by himself but i've since so that would be why no one could identify him because no one was there to look for him as such but i have read some other comments that say he went to with a group of people so i'm not entirely sure but anyway the eighth victim did end up being axel which was very sad yeah that's sad 
Um, we got a whole bunch of messages about why they were only seen eight eight victims when there were actually nine. They had uh, reports that originally said that a man named George Perez had also died. A GoFundMe was set up to raise money for his family, but it's since been disabled. And I found some online comments that say George actually died right before Astro World started. So I don't know if he died at the event, but it, if he did, it had nothing to do with um, the crowd surge. It had to do with, I don't know, a medical event or I have, I've I tried to find him on the medical examiner site, but he's not up there yet. So I'll keep looking for him. Um, there are still many people in the hospital. Some are actually, you know, fighting for their lives. There's a nine-year-old boy, um, who, as I said, fighting for his life after he was trampled. The family's attorneys have said the boy suffered life-threatening injuries and he's been placed in a medically-induced coma to combat severe brain, liver, and kidney trauma. So it doesn't sound amazing for him. It just sounds like that might not be a great prognosis. Yeah. One other video from the event that released that was released online is of a woman being kind of evacuated on a stretcher. They're trying to pass the security and medical personnel are trying to pass her over the crowd. And as they kind of pass her over a barricade, no one is holding the head end of the stretcher. So she falls off onto her head. She like, wasn't strapped in, it. clearly. No, she wasn't strapped in and clearly there wasn't enough people to support the stretcher. She literally falls off and you hear the whole crowd around a gasp and, oh, my God. Like, she falls right so on her head. Right onto her head. So everyone, like I, I tried to, because you can, it's a very clear video and I could tell at the time that she wasn't one of the original eight victims, but we learned today that she has actually passed away. Her name was Bharti Shahani and she had been declared brain dead. Um, one of her cousins spoke to the media and he said, I think she lost oxygen for 10 minutes at one time and seven minutes at another time. So her brain stem was swollen to like 90% almost. So she's been in hospital on a ventilator since the event, but today, which is November 11, her time, she has passed away. So the actual victim, deceased victim count is now confirmed to be nine people as of November 11. As Stephanie mentioned just before, on Monday this week, Travis Scott made a statement saying that he intends to cover the cost of the funerals for the deceased. The statement said, Travis remains in active conversations with the city of Houston, law enforcement and local first responders to respectfully and appropriately connect with the individuals of those families involved. These are the first of many steps Travis plans on taking as a part of his personal vow to assist those affected throughout their grieving and recovery process. Astroworld and um, organizers also announced this week that all ticket holders for the event will receive a full refund for both days. So they'll all be getting all their money back, which I guess is a small consolation prize for them. And so now we're kind of into the actual crime part of this story. As of today, November 11, 19 lawsuits have been filed so far against the um, organizers Live Nation and Travis Scott. There's a really comprehensive Rolling Stone article about all the lawsuits, which goes into a ton of detail. So if you want to really learn about them, I'll put the link on the blog and we'll just go through a little bit, you know, regarding the suits here. There's a man named Christian Paredes was the first to file a lawsuit and he's seeking at least $1 million from Live Nation, Travis Scott and even Drake. He alleges that Drake joined Travis Scott as a surprise on stage and helped incite the crowd to a level that was out of control. He said that he was at the front of the general admission section. He felt an immediate push when Travis took the stage at 9pm and was severely injured in the, quote, stampede. For 38 minutes, Travis Scott and Drake were performing after there was already a disaster emergency declared. These particular performers should have simply stopped and been part of the solution, 
not increasing and throwing gasoline on the fire. Paredes lawyer Thomas J. Henry told Rolling Stone. He said, we believe they were negligent. Another lawsuit is from a man by Patrick called Patrick Stennis. He has sued Live Nation as well as Travis Scott, the rapper's record label Cactus Jack, and also the Harris County Sports and Convention Corporation. And he said that he claims he was trampled, crushed, and lost consciousness when he was swallowed by the surging crowd. He's now suffering physical pain, mental anguish, and disability leading to medical bills and lost wages. Some lawyer, uh, Three lawyers, Ben Crump and also Robert and Alex Hilliard, filed two negligence lawsuits for festival attendees that notably left Travis off the list of those considered at fault. In an interview, Alex Hilliard said his form was f- close to filing complaints for 10 to 15 other plaintiffs and expects to represent more than 100 concert goers by Friday. So that's tomorrow, your time. He said that Travis may be named in one or more of the lawsuits as the facts reveal themselves. He said, there will be hundreds of plaintiffs by Friday, if not thousands. I have one client who gave a stranger CPR for an hour before anyone got to him. Obviously, by the time medical personnel got there, it was too late. He said, I can heal from a broken arm, but I will never heal from this. This is such a unique, rare, and unprecedented case. We understand at least nine people on site had the ability to shut the concert down, and they didn't. This is involuntary corporate manslaughter, as far as we're concerned. So... You can kind of see the angle that this is going to take in terms of lawsuits and culpability and different things like that. I think you made good points there, obviously, as a lawyer, but kind of put into words what I try to say, but (laughs) can't because I can never think of the right words. But I think it's interesting that you said there's nine people who could stop the show and that Travis might be named in some lawsuits, <clears throat> like losing my voice, depending on what facts come out. And that's kind of what I'm interested to hear more of too, because I'd like to give Travis kind of some benefit of the doubt that he didn't know how bad it was or that like no one yeah. had told him how bad it was. But hopefully that information will it'll have to come out with the lawsuits of who knew what. One kind of thing that was interesting too is that there is, I guess, it's a blessing and a curse because there's a lot of footage of this event as it was being streamed, the whole entire concert was being streamed. There is footage of Travis, um, some staffers going up to Travis. I don't know if they worked for him or if they worked for, you know, whoever, security or whatever, but they appear to tell him that something's going on and he kind of brushes them off and dismisses them and keeps talking, so it keeps performing. So I guess it's that kind of footage which will maybe incriminate him in that you know he knew what was going on or he knew more and he should have stopped the show or done more to help yeah like if he knew if someone had straight up told him how like that this was bad and he brushed them off then obviously i we can't you can't defend him for that at all you can't give him the benefit of the doubt like that's just carelessness and, like, in the footage, they go up to him and he seems to kind of consider it. It's not like he doesn't listen to them at all. Like he obviously listens to what they're saying and then he just, like, kind of says, oh, no, like, don't worry about it all. I don't know what he says, but, you know, it looks like that's what he says. So Yeah, it just, like, um, shrugs it off. Yeah, like, whatever, and just keeps going. So, you know, it'll be interesting to see the part that the footage plays in all this. Mm-hmm. So there's been some articles about AstroWorld protocols and procedures that have been made public in the last few days. There was a 56-page event operations plan for the festival, and it included protocols for dangerous scenarios, including active shooters, bomb or terrorist threats, as well as severe weather, but did not include information on what to do in the event of a crowd surge. 
Management said, in any situation where large groups of people are gathering, there is the potential for a civil disturbance or riot that can present a grave risk to the safety and security of employees and guests. The key in properly dealing with this type of scenario is proper management of the crowd from the minute the doors open. Crowd management techniques will be employed to identify potentially dangerous crowd behavior in its early stages in an effort to present a civil disturbance or riot. If crowds are displaying threatening or destructive behavior, security and a supervisor should be notified. So that was interesting because that clearly didn't all happen. Yeah. Astro World Security and Emergency Medical Response Protocols filed with with Harris County state the potential for multiple alcohol and drug-related incidents, possible evacuation needs, and the ever-present threat of a mass casualty situation are identified as key concerns. The plan said that staff were to notify event control of a suspected deceased victim using the code SMURF. It goes on to say never use the term dead or deceased over the radio. So it seems like they had some protocol that should have been followed for things like this, and it really, really wasn't. Um, well, and you'll get followed. I think you'll talk about it more in a minute, but it also seems like sure they might have had a plan, but none of the staff was actually trained in what to do. Yeah. Yeah, Nicole, this was really interesting and surprising. This security officer says he was not prepared for what happened at the concert, and he says all of the other security officers who were also hired were also not prepared. He basically says him and his family just showed up uh, to this concert uh, and were given security vests and basically given the job on the spot. This man we talked to, his name uh, is Jackson Bush. Uh, he basically says he had never even been to a concert before. The most security he had ever done was sitting outside a bank in a car. He works a day job uh, as an auto detailer, says just showed up, got the job essentially on the spot, uh, and is obviously extremely traumatized by what he saw. Uh, listen to what he just told us. Do they have any qualifications? I doubt it because I didn't show anything. You didn't show anything? I didn't even show my ID. And you were in there as a security guard? Yeah, as a security Did guard. you have a uniform? I had a uniform. They gave us a vest. I was already in this all black. I was already in all So black. wait, so you show up, they don't ask for your ID, they don't ask for any certification, and they just hand you the uniform? They and didn't then even you ask go for a phone number. But see, that's they know that, your name? They know my name. We wrote our name on like a sign-in sheet. But Respectfully, do you feel like you were qualified for this situation? I do. I don't believe I was prepared. You don't think you were prepared? I was qualified because I believe that if we were all prepared the right way, that stuff wouldn't have happened the way it did, you know? The way it did. And honestly, even even the people, the amount of people that passed and went unconscious, you know, the amount of injuries could have been avoided. And I know that people have said, they've messaged our Instagram and said none of these people would have been trained like the medic staff and the security staff were just you know you need to have a basic license or a basic qualification and that's it there would have been no formal training yeah as to how to handle something like this um i know one of the security guards he was someone who was hired to be a security guard but ended up backing out because he just felt like the directions of his job were very vague he felt like there was no training at all he basically got hired over text message like just with all the vagueness of being hired as a security guard, he felt uncomfortable. So he didn't follow through with it, but just, and he said it was like the day before the event, they gave him like these vague directions. So yeah. like 
just it's just random people they're paying like $15 an hour they don't know what to do if something like this happens and I guess when you've got when you have an event where you need 500 or 700 or however many you know staff they had you have to have people like you're never ever going to be able to find 500 fully qualified for every single event if that makes sense like that's I think that's just how it's always been like what there's no other way that you can get around it but maybe they'll have to look into that now yeah and have properly trained people or just so better planning it just seems like they need better planning like as much as people want to put all the blame on travis or whoever the blame you put the blame just as much and whoever was managing the show and running the show and planning the show just for not especially knowing that this is the kind of atmosphere and behavior that Travis Scott encourages and knowing that's even higher risk. They should have either had like lower capacity or different sections. Or if you know that Travis tells people to break through barricades, like somehow to prevent that. I think it's interesting that Travis is kind of the runner of like pays for the show, at least anyways, because like who else would want to take that liability? Yeah. Anyway, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. So Houston police told the media this week that the actual authority to end the show is up to the production team and the entertainer. But Governor Greg Abbott announced this week that they're going to make a statewide task force, which might change that. They're going to look into ways to beef up security at concerts in Texas. The task force will be made up of safety consultants, music industry experts, and law enforcement officials who are tasked with coming up, recommendation, coming up with recommendations to improve concert safety. The governor said live music is a source of joy, entertainment, and community for so many Texans, and the last thing concert goers should have to worry about is their safety and security. So there haven't really been any major updates in the last few days besides the emerging lawsuits. We did say that Travis released another statement today. And yesterday we did learn that the um, security guard who had originally been rumoured to have been injected and narcanned was actually hit and punched in the back of the head. The police chief held a conference press conference yesterday and he said, if you can remember, members of the medical team in the medical tent had said that a male security guard had come in and that someone had pricked his neck. We felt that it could have been something ingested. We did not. We did locate this security guard and his story is not consistent with that. He says he was struck in the head, he went unconscious, and he woke up in the security tent. He says no one injected drugs into him, so we want to clear that part up. That whole thing's weird. I don't really understand. Yeah. Like, we had lots of questions about that on our Instagram as well. Everyone's like, what is the deal with this story? It's a very, very strange story. Yeah, I don't know how that got miscon. Maybe he was unconscious and they tried to Narcan him, but just to try it? I don't know. And he just woke up anyway. Yeah. The Yeah. It just kind of goes to show that it just like fits the theme theme of this whole thing of just disorganization, chaos, mess. And even like that statement says members of the medical team said that the security guard had come in and said that he was pricked, but then the security guard is saying he never said that. So I wonder where the disconnect is and why someone would make that up. Maybe it was just a, you know, lost in translation. Yeah, telephone. Yeah, it's just probably crazy. So, um, we didn't mention, but I saw that the I don't know whose insurance it is, if it's like the venue or Live Nation or whatever, but the insurance covering either the event or the company it's only covers twenty five million 
which I don't think is enough money for the lawsuits that are going to come out of this. It's um, I think it's the actual insurance of NRG Park where they hold it. Yeah, the venue. There's a liability liability oh, liability has a liability insurance policy that covers 26 million yeah. provides 1 million in primary coverage with a 25 million dollar umbrella mm. so yeah that's definitely not going to be enough no um it says that basically if the venue's insurance policy doesn't cover the court judgments nrg park will be the ones responsible to pay anything above the 26 million Eek. Mm, yeah they must be a bit worried about that so that makes sense because I've also been seeing, because, you know, you hear that and you're like, well, why are they book Travis Scott anyways? Like, I mean, I guess I don't really think about it, but hindsight, obviously, they're like, hmm, we probably shouldn't have um, booked such a liability at our place. Yeah. But now I've been seeing that Travis is being dropped from other events. I think I saw that Post Malone replaced him and something he has coming up and a few other things are rumored to be replacing him already. Like there's no way he could perform anytime soon. Um, you know, I saw some people saying that that they don't think he'll really recover from this. I don't know. Yeah. It'd be interesting to see because his his fans are like very dedicated to him, but I don't know. So there have actually been like I we did get a comment on our Instagram. I think it was, and someone's like, "This always happens at rap concerts," but this actually happens relatively frequently at. A bunch of different events it's not just rap concerts it's sporting events you know other types of things there was a horrible event in 1989 in Sheffield in England where 97 people died following a human crush at a football match it was like 97 people that is insanity um there was also an event where Gwen Stefani was in a there was a separate event obviously (laughs) Gwen Stefani was sued she faced a lawsuit after she caused a allegedly caused a stampede she apparently told the crowd, if anyone wants to come down a little closer so I can see you a little better, just come on down. I don't think anyone's going to care. So interestingly, the pro- the promoter for her, that concert, was also Live Nation. Um, so this isn't their first rodeo Apparently either. they have like a, a dodgy history as well. Yeah. But in that case, the judge said that Gwen was the one who could be held liable, not Live Nation, because she was the one who kind of incited the, um, you know, the stampede. Yeah. In June 2009, people died during a crowd crush at the, in the Pearl Gem set at the Roskild Festival in Denmark. The event also had 50,000 attendees. Interestingly, I believe no charges were filed regarding this incident. There was a report that was published later in that year, and it said that a chain of unfortunate circumstances led to the deaths after poor sound in the back prompted fans to surge forward. So, like, I know there's other, there's loads and loads of other examples that we could have spoken about too, but this happens relatively frequently i think when people just are in a large a large crowd they get excited or they panic and this happens very quickly yeah honestly i get that some people really enjoy it but general admission like that like should not be a thing especially that big yeah i would even before all this i don't think i would ever go to something like that with general admission like i was saying before i get claustrophobic i have a fear of just like not being able to get out of something and it's just like a recipe for disaster in my eyes i get that there's lots of times you know you see people online saying like i've gone to metal shows and we do mosh pits all the time everyone helps each other it's like sure that sometimes but especially with travis's fans a lot of them are 
younger. They even said that. And I saw in the documentary, a lot of them are only like high schoolers or young 20s where they're not really thinking that way. Yeah. Like, and also their even their body type, like, you know, if you're talking about teenagers, and obviously I'm generalizing, but, you know, they're not going to be big enough to help other people. They're going to, you know, whereas if it's an older crowd, you may have, you know, a different demographic of people who can help. Yeah. But even just the whole mentality, the like crazy fans, it's definitely more so. I mean, I'm sure there's older crazy fans, but it's definitely more so younger people who are that crazy screaming jumping off balconies jumping barricades it's mostly younger people i was never that way i don't want to break a hip (laughs) yeah older people are tired like yeah i don't know and not to like be a victim blamer but you have to put some of the blame on the people who behave this way like i would never maybe i'm just too passive but there's no celebrity or anyone out there that I would be like, I'm going to jump this barrier, fuck everyone, and just, like, <laughs> run. for. I don't want to run for more than 10 seconds, so I'm not jumping barriers. I'm not running through stuff. I'm not jumping off balconies. People just need to behave better. And I know, obviously, yeah. it's not everyone there, but it only takes a few people acting like that to then make other people, like, make people like me who are there, then get really nervous and panic, and then they start to freak out, and they want to get out of the crowd, so they start pushing people to get out of the crowd. And then those people that get pushed, they fall over and then people start tripping over them. So it just turns into like a huge fucking mess. It's um, interesting timing because we're actually buying tickets soon to go and see the killers at a vineyard, which is like very nice and civilized, but they have general admission. You can either buy standing general admission or like sitting on the grass general admission. I'm like, and I said to my friend, she's like, no, I'm too old for standing. (laughs) So we'll be sitting on the grass at the back. Good. um, Safe and sound. So, uh, yeah, it's just, and I also wondered too if the whole events of 2020 and COVID and all that paid, played a little bit of a part in this because people haven't been at concerts for a year. They haven't done anything for or almost even two years. Like it's been a long time and things are finally starting to kind of pick back up and slowly get back to capacity like they were in the past. So I wonder if this was just an overexcitement of, you know, do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. Yeah, I think that's definitely a thing, like just excited to be out doing something, feeling normal again. Yeah. And people just kind of lost their minds a little bit and didn't, yeah, it's sad. And overall, I think that there's a lot of people to blame, not just Travis. I do think he is to blame for the atmosphere he created and is known for. And obviously, depending on how much he knew at the time, could be even more responsible for what happened. Obviously, the people who plan the show, who are running the show, they did a shoddy job. Everything seems to be done as cheaply as possible. It seems like money was a big motivator if the streaming thing is true. It also seems like they tried to save money with staff and things like that. It all seemed kind of half-assed, which it should yeah. not have been since it's known that Travis causes crazy riots, basically. And I guess, too, if Travis has gotten away with this for at least five or six years, you know, we're talking about 2015, he probably was in a bit of a false sense of security that, you know, one or two people might get hurt, but nothing really bad's going to happen. It, like I feel, And obviously maybe it was a bit of an ego thing as well, just whatever, it'll be fine. So I think um, too. That's what I meant by like the celebrity yeah. bubble that they live in, like it'll be fine. Yeah. They think they're untouchable essentially. Yeah. You know, that whatever happens, it's someone else's problem and now it's not. So 
And yeah, I agree totally. I don't think it was 100% his fault. He obviously played a part, as did the production, the security, like every, it was just a big mess of It was just poorly planned. Yeah, yeah. Like, I don't think Travis, watching the doc, obviously the documentary is biased because it's about him and it's supposed to make him look good. But I mean, in the documentary, you could tell that he causes like this chaos, but it did seem like he does care about his fans. Like he, they showed clips of him. He did a concert in Africa and he went out into, it was like a poor like village situation. He was playing with all the little kids and hanging out with them. And after shows, he likes to take pictures of all his fans as much as he can. And they're like swarming the car, but he's still trying to talk to them all. It's like, I don't think it's, I don't think it's that he doesn't care about his fans and only cares about money. But I think it's more so the ignorance of being an untouchable celebrity, like we were saying. Like, everything always works yeah. out for them in the end. Like, nothing that bad ever happens. I know it sounds bad to be like, sh- a few people got hurt, get hurt at every concert, but that's true. So, yeah, I'd like to think he didn't know how bad it was, but I think that more information will come out, obviously, with the lawsuits of who knew what and who could have stopped the show who decided not to stop the show so i think more of that will come out in the months to follow yeah um i figured since we were talking about this tragedy we could talk a little bit about what to do if you are in that situation so i found an article that's tips to follow if you're trapped in a crowd crush situation so just some of the things quickly one is keep your eyes open for danger signs. Said once you're in a crowd and you start feeling the pressure, I'm afraid it's almost already too late to act. The best thing you can do is to try not to put yourself in this critical situation. The thing is, most people don't realize that it's dangerous. We don't have this culture of being aware of the dangers of a crowd, but it's very dangerous. The most important advice is to be aware there could be danger if the crowd is too dense around you. Um, the next one is leave as soon as you sense the crowd getting too dense. Kind of the same as the first one. If you start feeling uncomfortable, but you still have time and some freedom of movement, just get away. Another one is stay standing. Don't put like a backpack or anything on the ground. So staying on your feet is important because if you fall, it's going to be really difficult to stand up again, precisely because there are too many people. It also helps others because if you fall, you're going to be an obstacle for your neighbors who are most likely going to fall over you. So it creates a snowball effect. And just kind of says how some people have backpacks, they'll put them on the ground. Obviously, that's not a great thing to do because people can trip over it. Um, It says lack of oxygen is the killer in these crowds. A lot of these people die from um, some sort of like, I don't know what's called, like pressure asphyxia or something like that because they can't get enough oxygen. It says people often ask me, why do we die in a crowd? What's the cause of death? Well, the cause is not enough oxygen. You're so densely packed that your lungs don't have enough space to do their job and to keep you breathing. That's one thing that is super useful that people should be aware of. The problem's going to be breathing. If you can maintain sufficient space for you to breathe, you're going to be okay. Put your arms out in front of your chest and hold them there. In this position, you should have some space. Just a little bit to push for half a centimeter or one centimeter enough for you to keep breathing. It's not going to be comfortable. You're going to be feeling really bad, but at least you'll survive. So they've said, like, kind of cross your if you end up falling or something or being crushed, or even if you're just standing somewhere where it's really dense, like cross your arms over your chest to try to keep some space for your chest to be able yeah. to expand. So obviously there'll be a lot of pressure on your arms pushing people off your chest or whatever, yeah. but just try to like keep your hands there so that you can still breathe. Sounds like a horrific way to die. I know. The more you think about it, just like, ugh, it's like drowning in people. 
Um, and just says, the last one is, don't push, move with the crowd. In a crowd, everything is about chain reactions. When you push your neighbors, they're going to push their neighbors, and it eventually hits an obstacle. Then the pushing's amplified. If you feel a push, don't push back. Don't amplify the wave. Just go with the flow. It's not going to be comfortable. You're not going to like it, but it's the best way to behave in this situation. Don't add pressure to the system. Oh, and there's one more, actually. Avoid walls and solid objects. When we look at where the injuries and fatalities happen in a tragedy like this, most of the time they happen along solid obstacles. This makes sense because if you go with the flow of pushing waves, you're fine. But if you're next to a wall, you cannot go along because the wall is preventing you. So the wall is going to crush you. So avoid those areas also. I'd be interested to see if the people who died were in the same area. Like I'm assuming they were all probably in the same area where there was a really, really horrendous crowd crush maybe near a barricade. I wonder if they'll release anything more about the actual positioning. They probably won't. I know that there were people who were there, I think, were saying that it was almost just like a sinkhole. So I don't know if it's just like one yeah. area, but obviously just started somewhere Swallowing. and then just yeah. kept going. And then now, since we know how to hopefully survive if you're ever in that situation, but hopefully you just don't go to general admission concerts or if you do, just... Be aware. (laughs) Um, (laughs) But like we said in the beginning, we did ask if any of you had any questions or topics or thoughts that you want to talk about. So we will go over those briefly. All right. So one question that I've seen asked a few times was why were there kids at the festival? Um, Like obviously there's a nine-year-old who's in intensive care and fighting for his life. On the website, it says, can I bring my kids? And there's a one-line answer, and it says, all patrons must have a ticket to enter the festival. So I'm taking that as a yes. You can take whoever you want as long as they have a ticket. Yeah. and I mean, like, I get why people are saying that. It doesn't really seem like the type of music kids should be listening to. But honestly, kids should be able to go to a concert without dying is kind of the bottom line. Like, if your kid, like, maybe it's not best thing but still kids shouldn't be dying at concerts anyways no yeah i guess there might be some bad judgment there but yeah as you said they should be able to definitely go yeah there was another member called casey she, this is just a comment from her she said i've been to astroworld before and it was similar that people were pushing and pushing so yeah, we got, we've had tons of messages from people who have been there before and said you know this is a common event there yeah um, a fish out of water <laughs> wrote and said, really curious about the qualifications of the medics. So I had a quick look and basically there was a medical company hired by Astroworld called Paradox. They said they followed the correct plan of action. Um, they've released a statement saying they followed appropriate protocols and operating procedures that were in place. So I'm assuming that kind of had to do with what was laid out by Live Nation and whoever else organized the concert. Yeah. And also it's like, uh, you know, we all learn CPR at one point in our life. You learn it like in high school or whatever. You do like a class here and there. But even if like I learned CPR one time and I'm technically certified, if I was in like a mass, crazy, hectic, scary situation like this, unless I was like literally a trained medic, like I would panic too. I wouldn't know what to do, you know, like just because you do CPR a few times and you're certified in CPR doesn't mean you could handle a mass casualty event. It says that Paradox has apparently worked with crowds as large as 20 million people. So 
I don't know. I, like I suspect, like I've said before, this was just a perfect storm of event. Maybe there wasn't enough medical staff around the people who were hurt and injured. And then imagine trying to get extra medical staff through a crowd of 50,000 people. Like yeah. it seems like there was just, yeah, a lot of yeah, chaos and that may, may have led to it. Because the girl who was a nurse that was there, she was saying like they weren't even checking pulses and like just didn't even know how to do anything. So yeah. like, yeah, like you said, maybe the like real medical staff wasn't close enough they might have been in the medical tent and you know who knows it was just left security guards to you know try and do whatever they could and for themselves one other comment that we've had quite a lot of similar messages the one i saved was from beach girl she said this seems to be a pattern with this guys and his shows it seems demonic so since this has all come out there's been which i never even knew about this maybe i've just lived under a rock but basically Apparently, there's rumors that Travis and Drake and whoever else are kind of I guess, any Satanists. any big celebrity, yeah, Illuminati, Satanists. Um, like, there's phrases such as Astro World Demonic, Astro World Illuminati, and Ap- Astro World Upside Down Cross trending. So, there've been images of like, like I guess historic Satanist art, you know, with the devil coming out of, like, I don't know. I'm obviously probably describing this wrong, but basically, people have likened it to Travis Scott's set. They've also said that he had these eight big fire flames and that represented the eight deaths that were going to happen. Um, Obviously, there's nine now, so that kind of throws that out of the water. But people are making comments like, this ain't a festival, it's a sacrifice. The music industry is demonic and it collects souls. And that comment got 34,000 likes. Yeah, and so like I said to you (laughs) before recording, people kind of say the same stuff about Lil Nas X, like that he sold his soul to the devil and that's why he is pushing like this gay agenda on america or whatever and that's why Mm. like with his shoes with the blood in them it's like satan and all this stuff um i hear that people say that about a lot of celebrities or particularly musicians it seems for some reason um yeah my sister sent me a post just before recording of that and this post says Y'all eyes wide shut when it's right in your face and you still can't see shit. The flyer was full of Freemason occult symbolism. This was a satanic energy harvesting ritual that resulted in eight people dying. The frequencies is what caused the people to go crazy. They were hypnotized and under a spell. Notice the spiral inside the flames inside the pyramid. Notice the shirt he wearing now pay attention to the see you on the other side reference to a portal that appears then eight flames go up and eight people die well now it's nine so that throws a wrench in their plan yeah but yeah like the inside of the portal says see you on the other side like in the mountain set that we were talking about that's what that's talking about there's also a kind of online rumor that drake and travis scott were born 66 months months and six days apart so 666 but this is apparently not true (laughs) Um, there's a really good article about this from the guardian the title is astro world disaster fuels wave of satanic conspiracy theories on tiktok and they quote a man in it called joseph russo who is i believe a professor who teaches um conspiracy conspiracy theories at a university and he said it's mutating and takes different forms but it goes back to the idea there was a shadowy group of people in control behind it all It is super seductive and always comes back, but it is surprising young people are following this script more and more. And then this I find from him is quite interesting. He said, in a moment in which young people feel they're living in a really chaotic world where not much makes sense, 
Certain conspiracy theories can feel like a security blanket because they tell us there is actually an order underneath it all. That makes sense, but I still, personally, I don't believe in any of that stuff, so. No, I also don't. Don't try to, don't try to convince me. Imagine Chris Jenner out there doing her satanic rituals. (laughs) Yeah. It's just another thing where it's like, what would be the point? Yeah. Like I like I don't get what the end game would be of all the, all this. Don't message me because yeah. I don't care. Honestly. <laughs> <laughs> and if he if he um what was it sucked the souls or the energy of all the attendees that really backfired for him. So I don't know. Satanic panic. Yeah, they were the main kind of that was the main theme of comments and thoughts that we got from our question. I just saw Brian the. The star reporter, he just said about Barty, the girl who just died today that was dropped, said, Barty's family says she was officially declared dead yesterday evening. The life support equipment remains on because she is donating her organs. They say she loved helping people and this is her last way of helping someone. Oh, that makes me sad. No. It's just so crazy, like, in terms of this and in terms of, you know, you just go out thinking you're gonna have a good time and then this happens i know that's what makes me never ever know yeah you never know when your time is up there's there was this is absolutely not the same but there was a woman here like a year or two ago and she was going out for dinner with her friends and as she was crossing the road she got hit by a car on like outside the restaurant so you just think god you just think you never ever know when your time is up and i know it makes me so scared (laughs) it's like i don't know why um a true crime person when really i'm like so scared of death and dying maybe that's why though because that's a theory of why women not to like totally go off topic because we talked fucking long enough but that's why women like true crime because we're so scared of being a victim or of death and dying and getting attacked that when we learn about all these true crime stories it makes us feel like we're like studying almost to survive or like yeah what to avoid and like what to look for and what red flags to look for so maybe that's why i like it not like it, but I'm interested in it. So I think that is about it. Yeah, so that's long enough. I'm sure more, I don't think anything major will happen unless maybe a few more people in the hospital pass away or anything like that. Um, so that number could go up by the time this comes out. I don't see this any other. like current. Yeah, we're yeah. recording this current as of November 11th. And if there's any updates, I'll put in some clips here of the newest information. We begin with breaking news in the Astroworld Festival tragedy. Nine-year-old Ezra Blunt has died. Aniele Ruiz joins us from outside Texas Children's Hospital. Aniele, what have you learned? Hey, Grace, just terrible news for Ezra's family and for the entire Houston community that had been pulling for him and praying that he would pull through. Sadly, tonight, his attorneys, Ben Crump and Alex and Bob Hilliard, sending out a statement saying that nine-year-old Ezra has passed. Now, nine-year-old Ezra had been here at Texas Children's Hospital all week fighting for his life. His family attorney telling us Ezra had life-threatening injuries and was placed in a medically induced coma. They tell us he was on life support in an attempt to try and combat the trauma in his brain, liver and kidney. In a statement, his attorney is saying this should have never been the outcome of taking their son to a concert. What should have been a joyful celebration. 
And first tonight, it is the biggest lawsuit we've reported on so far in the wake of the tragedy at Astroworld. Houston attorney Tony Busby filed suit on behalf of more than 120 clients today, including Axel Acosta Avila, one of the young people killed during the concert. And this suit is seeking $750 million in damages against a long list of defendants, including Travis Scott. But this suit also names Apple Music and Epic Records, among others, that allegedly stood to make a lot of money from the event. So, as always, Check out the blog because we have all the videos and everything, pictures, posts, firsthand accounts of people who are there. We have them all posted on there if you want to check them out. Leave us a review. If you like the podcast, we would love to get some more five-star reviews that we could post on our Instagram. If you're listening to the podcast and you don't mind sharing it to your Instagram story, we'd also greatly appreciate that. So it helps us get the word out, get us some more listeners, which we would also greatly appreciate. Follow us definitely on Instagram. That's kind of the quickest way. We post stories. We post things all day about missing people, different crimes, different things. If you have any things you want us to post, just message them to us. I'm always happy to be given content to post. (laughs) Um, And our forum, if you would prefer to chat about the stuff more anonymously and not get in trouble by the Facebook, or should I say meta overseers <laughs> we have a forum where you could just post under a username at truecrimesociety.com am i missing anything you think i would have this down after saying it every week now i don't think so i think that's about it we'll talk to you guys next week with our surprise episode bye See you next time